not to us, but to your name be glory because of your love and your faithfulness. Jennifer and I loaded up our kids and our belongings and left West Texas on February 29th, 2012. That was 10 years, 4 months, and 27 days ago. And so that makes today Sunday number 543 for us here at Taylor Street. Over the course of that time, minus guest speaker, senior Sunday's vacation time, and a gallbladder surgery, I've set out a few dozen times. Around here, those are referred to as the good old days. The other 500 plus Sundays, you've sat through all sorts of sermons. Comparatively speaking, some were good and some of them were pretty bad. And that time, you likely left a few times feeling uplifted, encouraged, or enlightened. But on the flip side, there have been no doubt more than a handful of times that you walked out of here discouraged, frustrated, and bored. And it should be known that through these ups and downs, some of you have been quite open with your critiques. Others have shared words of encouragement, and some of you haven't ever said a word. But I'm not obvious. There are those telltale signs that a sermon went bad. Lots of yawning, people constantly looking at their watches, some angry looks, and the occasional snoring. So as I begin yet another sermon that you will be forced to listen to, consider, and evaluate, let me take the work out of it and call it what it is. This is the worst sermon you will hear. It won't be easy because I've had some stinkers. But I feel quite confident that many of you will leave here today and totally agree with me. This is one sermon that you really just didn't like. Now before we start pointing fingers and blaming and judging, I just want to say it's not all my fault. Now it's, it's mostly my fault, but there are others who have contributed to this really bad sermon. I don't know when the problem started, but it wasn't here and it wasn't today. No, the problem, that, excuse me, no, the sermon that you will soon despise began decades ago. While I was not the originator of the problem, I've been a key contributor to it. And although most of you have never been behind a pulpit, you too are a part of this problem. Look here, I'm blaming you for my bad sermon. I told you you wouldn't like it. The church at large, including this congregation, has helped make this sermon a sermon that you just don't want to hear. You are one of the reasons why this is such a bad sermon and a difficult message. I suppose I could stop here and say that you aren't that bad, that other churches are worse. I could, but I won't. I want to make certain that this is my worst sermon ever. So insulting and blaming will help me ensure that. The truth is this sermon won't comfort, encourage, or inspire. In fact, you will likely leave here insulted, angry, and maybe even more discouraged than when you walked in. Again, I'm not saying that's my goal. I, I just want to be honest with you. 
hopefully over the last 500 Sundays, I've tried to encourage, to speak kindly, and to offer comfort, but not today. If this is your first time visiting here, then you're probably confused and maybe a little bummed out. All I can say is that if you come back next week, there's a 0.2% chance that you'll hear my best sermon. Today, though, you're guaranteed to get the worst. Now, again, it's not all my fault, and you won't like what I have to say. In fact, a few of you, if you're honest, self-aware, and humble enough, you'll agree why this is the worst sermon ever. But before we go any further, I just want to spend some time in the Psalms. Come, let us sing with joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before Him with thanksgiving, and let, it, let us extol Him with music and song. For the Lord is a great God. He's the great King above all gods. In His hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to Him. The sea is His because He made it, and His hands form the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God and our maker, for he is our God and we are his people, the children of his pasture, the flock under his care. So what makes this so bad? How did we get into this mess? First of all, I want to say it's not just you and it's not just us. It's all of us, here and out there, not just in this little place and time, but going back for generation after generation, people have struggled with finding out what worship is and who it's really about. How did this start? Well, it started on a bunch of misses, some misunderstandings, some mistakes, and some misinformation. Then sprinkle in some false expectations, a dash of entitlement, and a boatload of culture. And we have the recipe for a really awful half hour. And maybe a little longer if you're unlucky. But if you want to pinpoint the problem, much of it comes down to just one word. Expectations. Over the course of millions of sermons, classes, meetings, discussions, and even subconscious thoughts, we all began to form what a good sermon is, what good worship is, and what a good church does. We all created our own little grade sheet that we bring with us each week. How was the singing? Was it the right speed? Was the leader on key? Did it move me? Did we sing the entire song or just verses 1, 2, and 4? Was it one of my favorites? Was it 728B? How was the prayer? Was it too long? Did it address my concerns? Did it appeal to our visitors? Did they pray for my favorite candidate, mention my name, or ask for rain? How about the sermon? 
Was it entertaining? Was it timely? Did it make me want to come back? Did the preacher read from King James, tell a funny story, or include a pithy quote? Did he read too much of Scripture and make it boring or not enough and make it unbiblical? How was communion? Did the presider provide me with a heartfelt message? Was it tasteful? Was it short? Did the song leader ruin it by singing in between the prayers? Did it challenge me enough to be moved, but not so much that I was really uncomfortable? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly armies. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all stars of light. Praise Him, highest heavens and the waters that are above the heavens. They are to praise the name of the Lord. For He commanded and they were created. Psalm 148. Where was I? Oh, yes, the worst sermon ever. As you gather here today, you assume the role of judge and jury. You become the teacher giving the grade, the ump making the call, the critic writing the critique. You are the audience, and this show, it's for you. Okay, well, maybe not. Maybe, maybe you're the unicorn. Maybe you're the one person who doesn't judge, who doesn't criticize, who doesn't have an idea of what church should look like. Maybe you walked in and have zero expectations. Maybe you took off your watch and maybe you opened your heart and said, this is all about Jesus. But for the rest of us, we judge, we evaluate, we critique, and we compare, and we can't help it. And this is the part where a good sermon would let you off the hook. A good preacher would console and justify and encourage. Face it, you want to hear that. And because I so desperately want to be liked by you and to be seen as a good preacher. I just want to say that. I want you to like me so badly and I'm tempted to say it's all right that you're okay and that this type of worship is all good. Part of me wants to dodge this awkward conversation and just say that this is a great church and you deserve better sermons and we should all leave here feeling happy and satisfied and blessed. But this is a bad sermon. And worship is not about you. It was and never will be about you. The day worship is based on how you feel is the day that it's no longer worship, at least not worship to God. Worship is about the living God and the loving God and the almighty God. Worship is celebrating his goodness, praising his sacrifice, and even accepting his wrath. 
Worship is trusting a, a God who allows some people to walk through parted waters and others to be swallowed up in tragedy. Worship is hands in the air and it's faces on the ground. It's heartfelt, it's gut-riching, and it's soul-lifting. But the one thing worship is not and never will be is about you or how you feel. Shout to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So back to our worship. Worship doesn't require welcoming committees, coffee bars, or comfortable seating. Somewhere years ago, we began to allow our culture of comfort to be the model for our church. On top of that, we had the audacity to make it all about us and then call it service. But who are we really serving when we do that? A good sermon would say that most worship service are about worshiping God, but only a bad sermon would suggest that we craft a worship service based on our needs, our wants, and our schedules. But again, I'm preaching the worst sermon you're going to hear and one that you just don't want to hear. And I'm saying that if your worship is about how you feel and what you like, then you're worshiping someone way smaller than God. If our worship service is about how long it takes, how welcoming it is, how it met our needs then we can't still call it worship and service. But we aren't worshiping or serving anyone but ourselves. I want you to listen up. Please hear this with humility. If our worship this morning is about anything other than praising the Almighty God who gave His only Son to die an excruciating, humiliating, lonely death so that a world of unworthy sinners could be saved, then we really haven't worshipped at all. I saw in the right hand of Him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look in it. Then I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look in it. And one of the elders said to me, Stop weeping! Behold, the lion from the tribe of Judah, 
the root of David has overcome so as to be able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slaughtered, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. Worthy are you! To take the scroll and to break the seals. For you were slaughtered and you purchased for God with your blood every tribe, language, people, and nation. You have made them into a kingdom and priest to our God. And they will reign upon the earth. And then I looked up. And I heard voices of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was myriad of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered to receive power, wealth, wisdom, might, honor, and blessing." And I heard every created thing which is in heaven or on the earth or under the earth or on the sea and all things in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be the blessing, the honor, the glory and the dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures were saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. That, that's worship. That's the recognition of who God is and what Jesus has done and that He's worthy of praise. It's not about what we want or what makes us comfortable. It's really just about Him. And this morning... If your worship is anything less than giving everything that you have to God, I just want you to know that that's not true worship. And I want to say for me personally that it's not good enough anymore. I'm not going to let my worship be about what I think you want to hear, and what makes us all feel good when we walk out the doors. As a lover of God, who too many times made this altar more about me than about Him, today I want to make it right. I want this morning to be about a God and His greatness. I want to make this moment about who Jesus is and what he did, not about what I want or how I want you to feel about me. Right now, I want God to get all of the glory. This isn't about keeping members or gaining visitors. 
Church should never has church should never have been about us, but we let it. Service should never have been about us, but it has. If you want to join me in worshiping God, you can. If you want to focus on how uncomfortable you feel and how upset you are, that's fine too. But I just don't want you to pretend here thinking that you were really worshiping God if it was really about you. Here's the bottom line. God is worthy and He is mighty and He is loving. He forgives, He rescues, He renews, and He redeems. By His good name and His amazing grace, He picks you up. By His selfless sacrifice, He washed you through the blood of His Son Jesus who died for you. Because of His promise and His faithfulness, He has provided a home for you. I don't know what it's going to be like in heaven. I just know that God is going to be there. If heaven is working in a mine, I'll take it over a beach in hell. Because swinging a pickaxe next to God is better than lounging in a chair without Him. For the next few moments, I want worship to God to be heartfelt and genuine and humbling. Because God is worthy. This is all about God. It, it can't be about me and it shouldn't be about you. This is for Him. And I'm glad you're here today, but I want you to know that your name may be on the envelope, but his name is on the invitation. You have been invited, but this is God's party. And he deserves to be worshipped and praised. And so this morning, I invite you to take a step back to remember that we came here to please God. And as we stand up and sing this song, I pray that you will seek Him first. Please join me as we praise the Almighty God.